0: Every week so far we had the title of our sermon was a name of a woman. This woman doesn't, the scriptures don't give her a name. So I just called it issues because I guess everybody has a few issues. You might as well admit it. If you don't know you have issues, ask the rest of us. If you're really brave, we'll just go ahead and tell you what your issues are. If you don't think you have an issue, that's probably your issue. I I like what Proverbs chapter 4 says, beginning in verse 20. It talks about the issues of life. We get to there in verse 23. But he said, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words. Isn't that great? Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. I mean, you know, that's the way the word works. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Wow. So above all, guard the affections of your heart. For they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. For from there, from your heart, from your heart flows the wellspring of life. The King James Version says, from your heart come the issues of life. It's a heart thing. It's a heart thing, and we have issues that spring From the heart. This woman in our story doesn't have a name, as I mentioned in scriptures anyway, but she has a bloody issue. And I I, I don't want to get into it too much, but basically, I mean it's not a it's not a heavy blood issue, but it's a light blood issue, but it has been going on for 12 years. 12 years she's been bleeding. That in itself would be enough to drive any of us crazy that in enough would cause all of us to be at least anemic probably worse because the life is in the blood can i just speak prophetically just kind of chase this rabbit here speak prophetically just a minute because it's no coincidence that she's had this issue for 12 years and the little girl that's we don't we're not going to talk a lot about Jairus in this in this message, but you know, Jairus interrupted Jesus and and or rather this woman interrupted Jairus because she said, Jesus, you need to come to my house because my twelve year old daughter is dying. In fact, she died. Isn't that something that that Jesus would take time for a lesser issue when a greater issue is pending? Because God doesn't care if your issue is big or large, he can take care of it all. And I'm sure Jairus, who had a lot of money and a lot of status and a lot of power and a lot of influence, come on, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And and in spite of all that, Jairus could have forced the issue, but he even Jairus had faith and he waited. But I think that number twelve is significant because the number twelve has to do with foundations, and there are twelve apostles and twelve gates to the city. We can go on and on, uh, but. The number 12, number 12 uh, has reference to foundations, the very foundations that everything else is built on. So when that number 12 comes up, I think what the Lord is saying is, on the one hand, we have a woman. And how many know the church is often referenced as a woman? So you have the church that's been bleeding for 12 years. And how many believe that the church today is bleeding? Bleeding. It's not just bleeding people. It's bleeding issues. It's bleeding a lot of problems. And and we've 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 done a lot of things that that fill seats but don't change hearts. And I, I don't want to get into all that. But but you, you understand what I'm saying. And so this woman represents a bleeding church. But then there's a dying young twelve-year-old girl. And my word to the church today is that until the church can get her issues healed, the little next generation will not be healed. That next generation doesn't just need healing, they need to be raised from the dead. We're, we're, we're looking at a generation that was not raised in church. We're looking at a generation that never heard of Jesus. We're looking at a generation that when they were raised, the church was mocked and ridiculed, and, 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 and they were told how stupid and irrevel- irrelevant it is. But they need Jesus just as much as we need Jesus, amen. But we're not going to reach those 12-year-olds until this 12-year-old disease in the church gets healed. Church, we need issues. Judgment begins in the house of God. But if we can get our issues healed, I believe those 12-year-old girls, I believe the next generation can be healed. Let's look at the story in Luke chapter 8, just one verse, verse 43. In the crowd that day, in the crowd, just a nameless woman who had suffered greatly, greatly for 12 years years from slow bleeding, even though she had spent all that she had on healers, she was still suffering. Mark also talks about it. By the way, Matthew, also all three of the Synoptic Gospels mentioned this story. Now, in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. By the way, Luke was a doctor. So I'm sure he related. But notice Luke didn't make it sound as bad. But Mark said, oh, he, she suffered. How many know sometimes we suffer from the doctors more than we're? She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors, yet in spite of spending all she had on their treatments, she was not getting better. She was getting, she was getting worse. She was getting worse. Five things about this, about this woman, this, this bleeding drained her. The life is in the blood. It drained her physically. It drained her emotionally. It drained her spiritually. I, th- I think we're we're looking at a church today, and, and many of us can testify to this, that it seems that we're just drained. It seems like our very life, blood, is just being taken out, and we're tired and weary, and it's just, it just doesn't seem to be any any end to it. But her her blood, her, her blood was being drained out. Number two, it it swallowed up her life. I mean, this issue issue became her whole life. It's one thing to just have a little issue on the side that occasionally affects your life, but this issue just swallowed up her life. Her whole life, her whole identity, which is the third thing, her whole identity became involved in this because this, this issue defined her. She didn't even have a name. When we get to heaven, we're going to have to say, where's the woman with the issue of blood? How many know she had a name? But her issue, even after she was healed, that's how we define her. You know, even after God heals some of us, some people still like to define you by your problem. Do you know so-and-so? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the one with the drug issue. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's the one that's been divorced three times. Oh yeah yeah, that. oh, yeah, 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 that's the one. Their kids are just brats. I just know who, I know who you're talking about. Saw them in the grocery store. I wanted to slap them. <laughs> People are always trying to put you in a box because it just makes them feel better to be able to define you. So people always want to define us, and they're always defining us by our faults, not so much by our accomplishments. They don't say, "Oh, that's that that's the preacher," that, or "That's the person." No, no, it, it's it's. Oh, yeah, that's the one that has all these issues. So she doesn't even have a name. She's defined by her issues, and indeed she is because her life is absolutely worthless and empty, and her whole life is swallowed up, and her whole identity is swallowed up. She's simply the woman with the issue of blood. Leviticus chapter 15 talks about this. In fact, if you want to read that whole chapter, I don't even know if I want to read it in public. It's interesting. But if a woman has a discharge of blood for many days other than at the time of her customary impurity, I know you've never called it that before. Or if it runs beyond her usual time of impurity, (laughs) all the days of her unclean discharge shall be as the days of her customary impurity. So there's customary impurity and then there's the other. She shall be unclean. Every bed on which she lies all the days of her discharge shall be to her as the bed of her her impurity. And whatever she sits on shall be unclean as the uncleanness of her impurity. So, so now remember, 12 years every day, she's unclean. Every bed she lays on is unclean, and anyone who lays in the bed is therefore unclean. Wow. <laughs> but, but, but every chair she sits on, if she touches you, you're unclean. And you're unclean all day. And then at the end of the day, you wash in a certain way. You go through the ceremonies of cleaning, cleansing, and then you're, then you're clean again. But, if, you, but if, if you're her husband, if you were in the same bed as her, you're unclean the next day too. And in fact, if she went on to the public, she had to tell people she was unclean. How about that? What if you had to tell people whatever your issues are? And you had to announce it. And by the way, there was, according to Jewish law, there was a certain distance you had to keep away from people. We have, you know, a lot, we've been, you know, today you get defined by whether or not you wear a mask. You get defined by where you go and who you touch and who you hug and who you. Uh, uh. How many know as a preacher, you can't win today? <laughs> You're going to get criticized no matter what you do. But this poor woman, let's let's go to number four. It, it ended relationships. There's no mention of a husband or children. This woman, this woman, listen to me, she's bleeding at the place of intimacy. And relationships are ruined. I don't know how you, you don't maintain a relationship. I don't know. I don't know how. Not just the bleeding, but you just you can't touch her. Can you imagine going through life 12 years? Not a year and a half, 12 years. And you can't touch anyone, you can't hug anyone, or you make them unclean. What if this virus is so contagious that it, all it took was just, just you touching somebody and instantly they get it? Now what kind of world would that, what kind of world would you live in if that was the case? My God, that was her world. But number five, it cut off, it cut her off from salvation. This woman was not allowed to go to church. She was unclean. No, y'all aren't hearing me. No, no, the the pastor didn't come visit her. No. If he got in her house, he'd be looking around and saying, now which one's your chair? No one laid hands on her. No one's praying for her. She's just cut off. There's no hope for her. There's no place of there's no place of healing. There's no place of reconciliation. There's no place for salvation. She was bleeding. She was bleeding. Let's go back to the story. Mark chapter 5, verse verse 27. We pick up the story. But but listen, when she heard about Jesus, doesn't say rabbi. When she heard about Jesus, doesn't say hotshot evangelist. When she heard about Jesus. Bible said she pushed through the crowd, oh my God, and came up from behind him and touched his prayer shawl. She, she, she came up behind him and touched his prayer shawl. See, see rabbis, teachers and so forth, they, 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 they could, according to the scripture, they would wear a prayer shawl, probably bigger than this, it would go all the way to the floor and it had tassels on it, but, but it had basically four tassels the, the tities that were on here four and four on the corners and there were white and there was one strand of blue that went through the tassels and it wasn't really the hem of his garment she grabbed a hold of one of those tassels and hung on for dear life oh, glory to god she kept saying to herself, and it's important you understand, she kept saying to herself, Listen, what goes on in your head? You need a conversation in your head that says, I need to keep trying. I need to keep pushing. I need to keep praying. I need to be determined here. She kept saying, because she kept pushing through the crowd, and she knew, she knew that even coming to Jesus was a sin. What are you talking about, preacher? Every person she... And she's keeping it quiet. (laughs) They're unclean and don't even know it. She's just trying not to... But you know, someone probably stepped on her hand. And she kept telling herself, if only, if only, if only... If only I could, if only I could if only I could just touch his clothes, I, I don't need to bother the master, but, but if, if I can just get if, my God, I, I know I'd be healed if I can just oh God help me in this place. if I can just touch his clothes, pressing in through the crowd, she came up behind Jesus and touched the tassel of his prayer shawl. Instantly her bleeding stopped and she was. You know, you know what one people, what one translation called her her uncleanness. She was soiled. That that's a rough word. She was soiled. I I, I think sometimes she'd go out in public. She didn't have to say unclean, because sometimes it bled through her clothes, and people would immediately see. Now there's an unclean woman. Listen, no, no, no one cared about. It. She's just unclean. Stay away. Can you imagine living like that? But the Bible said she pressed. She pressed through the crowd. She she followed. Ah. She reached, and she grabbed hold. She grabbed one of those tassels. Why the tassel? Boy, we could preach on that a long time. But these, these, these four tassels represented the law, represented the word of God. It also represented the authority of the Word. Didn't Jesus give us authority over demons and devils? You remember when, you remember when King Saul was in the cave and he was, you know, uh, doing his business? The Bible is very clear what he was doing. You could read it. I wouldn't even use Okay. And David was in the cave hiding. And the Bible says he snuck up behind him and cut off. It was one of these four tassels. And David said, I can't touch him. But God's removing his authority. And cut off the tassel. We know there's power in the word of God. My God. But listen, don't get all hung up on the tassel. Because we get... We get hung up on the, listen, I want you to get this. She wasn't healed on the fringes. Oh, glory to God. You'll get that later. Let me get comfortable here. (laughs) This thing keeps coming off. Jesus, I wouldn't know now what your problem was. I want you to hear what she's, what, I'm, what I'm saying because it's, it, it's not about the tassel. She thought, if I could just get to the fringe, if I could just get a tassel. But listen, it wasn't about the tassel. It was about Jesus. I, I want you to get this in your spirit. It's not about Journey Life Center. We need to stop preaching journey and just keep preaching Jesus. It's not about oh, I'm going to go find me a five-star evangelist. Let him lay hands on me. It's not about the vessel. It's not about who lays hands on you. You don't need to get a hold of a preacher. You need to get a hold of Jesus. Maybe, maybe we let me come down here. Maybe we should just get rid of those teachers that say I love my church because it's not about the church. It's about Jesus. Well, I, I just know if, if the preacher would come put some oil on me and say in the name of... No, no, no. It's about Jesus. You need to get a hold of Jesus. It's not about the fringes. It's not about the church. It's not about the preacher. It's not about grandma. And, and some people, they're, all, they're, they're just stuck on the pages of the Bible. They say, I'll just walk around with my big family Bible and... One person said, said like this, some Protestants have paper popes. It's not about, listen, every word written in the Bible is the word of God. But that's not the only word. He'll never contradict that word. But listen, it's not about hanging on to a piece of paper. It's about hanging on to Jesus because Jesus is the word. He gave the word. He is the word. <sighs> oh, if I could just... No, 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 no. we got to figure out. Quit trying to reach for tassels and just get a hold of Jesus. Not preacher, how do you know that's what's going on? Uh, what, what's going on here? Uh, be, beca- I, I say that because, because Jesus said, who touched me? If it was just about the tassel, he felt the power go out, he could say, Psh, let her go. She's healed. But it's more... Hmm. This is more than you just getting healed. This is about getting a hold of Jesus. So he stopped, He's, and, and she's scared to death. Why is she scared? Because she just made Jesus unclean. She's probably thinking, who touched me? She's like, I mean, she's probably got a, a blood spot. She's Everyone knows who she is. Every time she goes to Walmart, she gets the whole aisle. Well, they're only six feet wide, right? She goes to Meyers, she gets the whole aisle. She walks onto aisle 15, unclean, place clears out. Everybody knew who she was, and now Jesus required her to reveal herself. I want to tell you something else about your miracle. Some of you want a hidden healing. But there's no hiding in your healing. It's not about sneaking in and sneaking out. It's not about catching it so no one knows. But listen, listen. I, 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 it's not about the crowd, but Jesus wanted a connection with this woman. He didn't just want her healed. He wanted a connection. He wanted to know who. It, how many believe he's the son of God. He knew who touched her. It wasn't about the crowd. It was about her. It's not a, he's not just passing out goodies. He wants you to touch him so he can touch you. What about this Jesus being unclean? Oh, he's the son of God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. When Jesus hung on the cross, the father For the first time in eternity, think about this. For the first time in eternity, the Bible said the Father looked away. Why? The Bible said he didn't just carry our sins. The Bible says he didn't just forgive our sins. The Bible says he became sin. Wrap your head around that. He became sin. I don't know if Jesus had to get you know water purified later. I don't know what he did with all that, but I do know this. I do know this. When he touched her and that uncleanness came into her body, he took that uncleanness and put it in a little bag somewhere and said, "I'm going to take this to Calvary. I'm going to take this to the cross." Hey, Amen. I can't do. I can heal her now. But she. Taught, maybe he was unclean. Maybe he won. But he took it to Calvary. You know what? She was healed on credit. She was healed on credit. He took it to the cross. He became sin. He became your sickness. He became your depression. He became your issue. He doesn't just understand your issue. He became your issue, and he hung on the cross and became sin. Isn't it interesting? My God. That the woman who who was... Bleeding every day for 12 years and losing her blood was healed by the man who would give his last drop. We don't know her name, but according to Christian tradition, the tradition, you know, in fact, it was Eusebius, the historian in the third century, wrote about this woman. And he said her name was Veronica. and the story goes that veronica had two statues made one of jesus with the in the with the tassels and one of a woman reaching for, and she put those statues in front of her house and everyone knew who veronica was there was another woman called veronica in christian tradition and we're not sure some theologians think she was and others say we just don't know but her name was veronica too and this veronica When Jesus was going to the cross and he was carrying the cross and the blood from the crown of thorns and ripping out his beard, it was flowing down his face. And according to Christian tradition, Veronica took a veil and put it on his face and wiped (laughs) the blood. The Catholic Church claims it has it. You could Google it, Google uh, Veronica's veil, and you could see it. You see actually see a picture of it, and you see the fa- perhaps the face of Jesus there. I don't know. But isn't it interesting that the woman, that the same woman who was healed of the issue of blood, wiped the blood off Jesus' face? I want you to get this. Where's the Scripture? that calls her daughter, i got, I got to wrap this up. Jesus said to her, daughter, you don't get it, anybody getting it, daughter? Didn't I tell you she's cut off? Didn't I tell you she had no relationships? Didn't I tell you she was bleeding at the place of intimacy? Didn't I tell you that no one had any time for her? No one touched her. No one loved her. Everyone said she was unclean. But Jesus says, daughter. Maybe she's never heard that. Certainly not in 12 years. No one's called her daughter. No one's called her wife. No one's called her friend. No one's called her anything but unclean. And Jesus speaks one word, and that one word, that one title, that one word speaks volumes this morning because now she has identity. She's a child of the king. She's a daughter of the the Lord Jesus Christ. Church, that's your identity too. That's who you are. You're a child of the king. You're a son of God, a daughter. You belong to him. You have relationships your family, you're connected, wow, because church, it's time to lay down your issues. And I'm not, saying, I'm not saying that you have to announce them, but you need to get real. You need to get real. I'll wait for an amen. It's time to get real about your issues. Some of you don't mind talking about issues that aren't big issues, but there's those private, secret issues you think nobody knows about, but he knows. It's not enough that you be healed. It's time that you get honest and get real with Jesus and just say, God, I, I need to deal with my issues. They might be big, they might be small, but whatever they are, they're issues. They affect your heart.